Welcome to the People First Leaders Podcast. My name is Doug Utberg, Marine Corps veteran, founder CEO of ExpenseReviews.com, and I have absolutely nothing to sell you. The purpose of this commercial-free show is to honor the leaders who approach life as go-givers by putting their people and customer value first. Stick around until the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in about 20 minutes. Let's go. We have Jody Millward with us today, and what we are going to be talking about is how business owners can stop wasting money on Facebook ads in 2023. And I have to say, I'm going to be deriving a little bit of personal benefit from this because I have always felt like Facebook ads were kind of a black hole where money went to disappear. I know it's not like that for everybody, but it can feel like that. So Jody, help show us the light. <laughs> I would love to. This is uh, something that I talk about all the time. When I come across business owners, I say Facebook ads, I go, oh, Facebook ads don't work. Or, oh, we've tried them and we've had no luck. Or, or they say, oh, tell me more, right? So there's a, a whole range of experiences that people have had with Facebook ads. So I love to help. Absolutely. Okay, well, so let's start with what do most people do and why doesn't it work? And then let's transition that into how do you run Facebook ads profitably? Because I know there are people who run Facebook ads profitably. I watch a lot of their YouTube channels. And then, you know, occasionally I will try in vain to replicate their success. And I keep trying to figure out what is it that I'm not doing right. Right. Okay. Well, one of the biggest things, and it's been a huge shift over the last few years, like a couple of years ago, Apple rolled out their iOS, their app tracking transparency that really changed the game for a lot of advertisers where you once were able to just sort of throw up an ad and you'd still get some sort of results that has completely changed. So it's coming back to uh, the advertiser, that business owner, really coming back and refining their messaging, knowing who it is that they're talking to and put being more strategic with their ads. So the days of just going, I'm just going to throw up an ad and we'll just put it out there and we'll get some results are long gone. So it's those ones that are maybe being a bit more creative with their ads, copies, and their targeting and their messaging, dialing in, coming back and looking at their avatar and saying, who is it that we're actually talking to here? Finding out what their pain points are, like any testimonials that you've got. Use those exact words that people have said, put it in your ad copy, and that's really going to resonate because that's where people are going to stop in their newsfeed, click, pique their interest, come over and learn more about you. So that's one of the biggest things that's changed for advertisers with Facebook over the last couple of years. And that's where people are wasting a lot of money because they're not doing this work. So they end up saying Facebook ads don't work. Facebook ads do work, but you've got to do the work as well as to get this information in. And then once you do, you launch your ads, you're not going to guarantee to get results. I would actually say is that that 80-20 rule that we often hear about, yeah. that applies with ads as well. So about 80% of your ads, won't work. But when you get that data in and you know what to look at to so say, well, actually people weren't clicking on my ads. So I need to make the ad more engaging and enticing for them to click on it. And then maybe they did click and they went over to your landing page to opt in for something, but they didn't opt in. Right. What was the obstacles there? That's the bottleneck in this funnel. So when you invest in your ads, you'll get this data back that you can then make the decisions of what needs to be improved so that you can start getting results and those 20% of ads really kick in. Yeah, well, and it would seem to me that what you really want to do is you want to be able to set out your ad strategy so that it's testable 
so that you can isolate variables, test, and then, you know, whatever's performing the best to kind of keep going down the line to where you can get to your best practical performance. I mean, tell me if I'm oversimplifying. Well, kind of oversimplifying, but overcomplicating as well, because when you launch an ad, you are always testing because an ad that might've been working last week may not work this week. An ad that's worked in another ad set may not work this week. So you are always constantly going to be looking at your ads and saying, okay, what needs to be improved? This has died off, put in a new creative, et cetera, et cetera. So you will, you will initially start like with an audience, see if this ad works. Okay. It hasn't had a good click through rate. Let's change the headline. Let's run it with this headline for a few days and see how that goes. Okay. Let's change the image. So yes, there are those strategic optimizations that you will do on your ads once that data comes in, but it's having that mindset of like, I'm just always testing ads here. When you find one that works, ride that wave, right? It might go for a week. It might go for three months, but then even if you have that continually be testing test new audiences with that winning ad, test new copy and creative with those winning audiences. So it's always a matter of testing. Got it. Is that the philosopher's stone, so to speak, is to just be continually testing all of your ads and creative? Yeah, I guess. And that's just the approach. Like when I do hear people say, oh, we're going to test this, we're going to split test this, we're going to split test. It's like, we're just always testing, right? And even like, you know, Facebook has, you know, also said, it's like, yeah, you know, when you do these split tests, you know, there's still no guarantee that things going to work when you do go, right, we found this winning combination. Let's launch it out of this big ad budget. What works at five or $10 a day isn't guaranteed to work when you're putting a hundred dollars a day behind it. So that's why ad managers are so valuable. It keeps us on our toes. Okay. Well, that's actually a really good segue, which is that, okay, you know, what is the amount that you have to invest in order to really be able to test whether an ad works? And does the objective of your ad make a difference in how you do things? So like, for example, like some people will do a direct sale. Ad. I would imagine those convert pretty low. Other people will do say a lead capture ad where you try to direct someone to a landing page. Presumably they'd opt in for some sort of free offer. And then there will be some sort of follow-up sequence that will try to move them toward a sale at some point in the future. And there'll be other cases where I think, where or at least one of the things that I've read and that I'd love to get your feedback on is where what you'll do is you'll do a retargeting ad. So the idea would be you would try to attract someone to like say an article that doesn't ask them to do anything, but then if they clicked on that article, those are the people who you target for the response and lead capture ads. Am I overcomplicating it again? (laughs) No, there are a lot of strategies and it depends on, yes, what your goals are. So if you're wanting to do list building, you want to get people in and then you're promoting products, offers and services, via emails, or even if you get their phone number and follow up with a call, then typically you want to run a conversion campaign that's optimized for that event. So it'd be a lead event, or it could be a webinar registration, so a complete registration. You could even use a conversion campaign to send people over to a sales page. This, you have more success with this when it's a lower priced product, right? $37 or under $97, more of those impulse buy things. Okay. So Commercial campaign. Can I interject yep. and ask a, yeah. a, a personal curiosity? Why does the yep. price always end in seven? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I've forgotten the reasoning, but there has been some sort of studies that have showed that that seems to be a bit of a magic number. I don't know if it's an NLP thing or whatever yeah. it is. 
but that seems to be a bit of a magic number and what a lot of people so do. i mean because and, the, and again i know that there are a lot i'm sure there are many very ethical marketers who use this strategy but it seems like you know every sleazy internet bro marketer uses the exact same stack slide the exact same price nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine only ninety nine dollars you know like the exact same script gets used by everybody and i'm just fascinated to know why right well that it works but yeah yeah it works it's appealing to that sense of like i'm getting a great deal and oh my gosh this is too good to refuse and it's presenting this value of like this is what it is and you're getting it for this price i mean who doesn't like to get a deal Right, so it's like I would say I think that's true in the business to consumer space because if you try that in the business to business space, you will hit a brick wall and never get through it. Exactly, it is a different sort of feel and a vibe. However, when you are like you know, I've done consulting deals with you know our big brands, it still comes back to having you know they like a good deal as well. So normally this would be $20,000, but because Maria referred you, I can do this for you for three months for just $15,000. So it's like, okay, that's a great deal, right? So it still applies. But yes, like you say, people have been hammered with that offer stack. And this is how it goes. Now pony up and get in. And and it's like, we are talking to a more advanced audience now. Right. I know. I know. And I've got those as well. But my thing is like, you know, the deadline funnel. It's like, if you are saying that this is a one-time offer, if you are saying that this is reduced, you need to be in integrity with that. So you need to say, if this is closing at midnight, then you have a deadline on there so that if people do, because they're IP tracked, if they come over, they're moved over to another page. So you yeah. you are in some, in some sort of integrity with that. So all those stacks, we're talking to a wiser kind of audience. And, you know, it depends who you're talking to. I talk to marketers all the time. So they're familiar with all these things. So I've got to be talking to them in a bit of a different way. So back to our ads, we've got our conversion campaigns. And they're the ones that people, everybody wants because they want that conversion. They want that lead. They want that sale. So they're our most expensive audience to send our ads to. So it might be $50 for a CPM, right, to get in front of a 1,000 people. We could also then do a traffic campaign, like you were saying, to get people over to our website to read something. So with those campaigns, we might see like a $15 CPM because that's not the one that's most competitive. Facebook is going to send that to people who are likely to just click and go over to your website. Now with that, this is where people waste money and the Facebook marketing experts are the worst with this as well. They'll get on a call with you. And they'll say, you want to get traffic to your website? You need to do a traffic campaign. Even though they want people to opt in, they'll say, do a traffic campaign. Okay, great. I'll do a traffic campaign because you're the pro. And then with the traffic campaigns, they always are optimized for link clicks, which is going to people who are likely to just click a link on the ad. They're not even likely to go over and wait for your landing page to load. So you will see probably about 50% of the people who clicked the link never even made it to your landing page. So that's a big thing to, you know, keep an eye out for. So if you do a traffic campaign, if your strategy is, I want to get people over to look at my blog article so they can be educated and then I'll retarget them, like you said, then at least change the optimization to landing page views. So that's a big one. I always have to tell people about that. With that said, why would anybody ever want to just have a traffic campaign? What advantage would there be in any situation? Yeah, well, like we said, it like, 
I like to use them as a retargeting strategy. So I've had the audience at the top of funnel, as we say, where it's been a conversion campaign and we've sent people over to a registration page to watch a masterclass. 70% of people there probably won't opt in, but they've shown interest initially. So this is where I might want to get back in front of them with a traffic campaign because I've already narrowed it down to people from the conversion audience to start with. So I just want them to get out and see something. So it either could be coming back to the page with a different hook or it could be going over to a blog page that could educate them a bit more with another option to opt in for something. And then either further bottom of the funnel where they have come over and they've watched a masterclass and we want them to get to the sales page again. So that's where a traffic campaign because they've already converted. But they can be used at the top of funnel, again, to the cold traffic. If you've got a product or offer that needs a bit more education, sending them over to your website so that they can read more, watch something there, and then again, retargeting them. I love a retargeting strategy. I call it the client attraction code where we bring people in. And because we know not everybody purchases straight away. When Facebook ads came along, there came this expectation that I will get a sale straight away. But... We're still playing for the long game. Not everybody that walks into your brick and mortar store buys, do they? We've forgotten that with our world of Facebook ads. So um, reports have shown that it generally takes people 45 days to become a customer. So we want to retarget these audiences. So when they've been to our website, when they've engaged with us on Facebook or Instagram, we can bring them into a retargeting audience for 30 days. I like to do 30 days, 60 days and 90 days that we can keep getting back in front of them. And again, that's where we could use a traffic campaign to send them over to learn more about us or other pieces of uh, content that will keep them directly on Facebook so that they can, you know, build up that awareness. We can build up our affinity and authority with this audience. Got it. Got it. Now, one of the things that I've always kind of wondered, and I'm just going to you know, be completely vulnerable, I do not have a tremendous amount of firsthand knowledge of Facebook. So this is probably a rookie question. But one of the things I've always been really curious about is today people talking about retargeting. I'm like, okay, well, could you go into something like Lesha or Zoom Info and extract a list of names? Because this is specifically if you're talking like you know, business to business primarily, because like you know, extract a list of names of the people who would be in the positions that you're trying to target and then just go directly to populating a retargeting list. Or does it not work like that? Oh, okay. Interesting. I do actually have Zoom info and yes, this is a big thing. So yes, you've got their information. You've actually purchased their information. Apparently the people on these lists have been notified that they're on these lists. Technically speaking, so you have your Facebook custom audiences, right? So that's where you can upload people who have purchased from you, upload people who are on Mm -hmm. your email list. So uh, yeah, you've got that data and with some of these lists, you will have their work email address, Mm -hmm. which is not likely to match up with the email on their Facebook profile. When you upload a list, you might only get 60% of people whose emails match. So then if it's their work emails, even less. But some of these lists also do have a personal email. And so that may be more likely to match, but still I would only anticipate maybe a top 50% match. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you're going to need a big list because... Typically, you would need at least 100 in the audience and 1,000 to create lookalikes, which I'll talk about in a sec. But technically speaking, when you create a custom audience, you're acknowledging to Facebook that you have approval from these people Mm -hmm. to be on your custom audience. Now, coming in through that third party, 
Yeah. Apparently, people have been informed. So there is a bit of a gray area there. Mm-hmm. So I recommend to people like, yes, with these lists, I wouldn't be so inclined to target, upload this list and be targeting them. Because when people see an ad in Facebook, they yeah. can click on the three little buttons and say, why am I seeing this ad? And uh-huh. that will say, you've been uploaded on a list or you're on a customer list or something. And they'll go, oh, I have never worked with this business before. Why am I on this list? Yeah. And it could cause you some issues, right? Gotcha. So that is where I would actually use a lookalike. So I would mm-hmm. upload the list. I wouldn't use that custom audience to say, go out to these people. I would actually say, create a lookalike audience of this list so that you can go out to Facebook and then if people are seeing it, they'll click on the link and wait because this business has a target of people that look like customers or whatever it may be. So that's how I would say to use lists like that. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's interesting. Just out of curiosity, again, a lot of this is because of just some of my personal lack of knowledge or in-depth knowledge about how the Facebook ad platform works. If you created a custom audience, you uploaded a list and people click the, why am I seeing that? Does this mean that your ad account can get banned? What would happen? What's the downside? Possibly could. Like it could open up a whole kettle of fish, right? depending Uh on what their country is, where they're living, you know, like there's the GDPR, like for Uh UK and European sort of citizens. And then there's the CAN Act, I think it is for California there. So it could be, who knows, you could just get one person who has a bit of in their bonnet about their privacy stuff and who knows what it could open. So yes, it could end up that yes, your ad account could be banned, maybe even your Facebook page, but who knows, it could even go further than that with, you know, there is the potential for legal action. Uh-huh. So there's all those things sort of to keep in mind. So that's where when you do get these lists, you yeah. want to actually read them and make sure and go, okay, well, are people notified about this? So I know on Zoom Info, you've got their, they've got their column in their reports that say this was the date that this person was notified, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's always coming back and reading a fine print, regardless of what platform you may be on. Got it. Got it. Well, I mean, and I'm just kind of riffing free associating here. So cut me off if I'm going too deep down the rabbit hole here. But at least it would seem to me like if you wanted to create a custom audience that maybe instead of going right for the jugular and trying to get them straight to an opt-in, that what it might be better to do would be to, you know, say, publish an article, ideally on Facebook, because that that's probably what's going to have the least amount of competition. So that's what's going to be your lowest CPM and then see which people you can get directed article and then retarget off that. I don't know. Tell me if I'm overcomplicating. No, not over complete. Great idea. And that's what I 100% recommend. With our conversion campaigns, you see, there's always going to be that small section of the audience that is solution aware. They've been Mm -hmm. warmed up probably by your competitors and other people. And they've gone, got to this point where they will see your ad and go, great. Yep. I need this solution. So they will opt in small yeah. section, right? Like 1% will click on your ad and then maybe Can 25%. Can I do random nerd trivia on you? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the phrase solution aware, do you know who first coined that? Oh, tell me and it will help me remember. <laughs> Eugene Schwartz. Yes. Yes. Let's see. I believe it's unaware, problem aware, solution yep, aware, product aware, most aware. And okay. So, yeah, I didn't, it's, it's wasn't up to speed on those last two. One of my personal struggles is that, you know, I, I tend to nerd out really bad. It's de- <laughs> it's getting it into practical application where I frequently struggle. Yeah, anyway, right. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
That's all good. So that's our conversion campaigns. But then there is still this huge section of the audience, obviously, that are not at that point. So yes, this is where we want to engage with them, start educating them, connecting with them, building up our awareness with our potential audience, making that affinity and establishing our authority. And the perfect way to do that is, yes, you can do traffic, you can get them over to your website. But we remember that people are on Facebook because that's where they've chosen to be. And Facebook is a disruptive marketing platform, right? It's where they're wanting to hang out and we just pop up in their newsfeed. So a great strategy is to actually keep them on Facebook. And then also with all the iOS changes and the privacy, we're losing some tracking abilities, okay? And Mm -hmm. if people are using Firefox, they say, don't let the Facebook pixel track me, et cetera, et cetera. So keeping people on Facebook is like a great strategy to be building up that audience. Now, there's a number of ways that you can do that. There's an ad format called Instant Experience, and you can actually like recreate like a sales page or a LinkedIn page or something in an Instant Experience. They just tap it. It opens up immediately. It's a beautiful user experience. Then there's other formats like you can use engagement campaigns and video campaigns, right? So I like to have a video that I would have, again, this is top of funnel, so going out to cold traffic, and the video can be in an engagement campaign and a video campaign. It's just going out to different sections of audience. So if you would target, for example, personal development interest, Mm -hmm. okay? In our conversion campaigns, we're going to personal develop, people interested in personal development who are likely to opt in for something. But then we can still select that personal development interest in our engagement campaign. So we'll say, okay, Go out to people who are likely to engage with my ad who are interested in personal development. Then we'll also send an ad using a video campaign objective. So we will go out to people who are likely to watch a video who are interested Mm -hmm. in personal development. So we're still getting into that audience. It's like a scaling strategy and setting up a nice long-term play. And the beautiful thing with these is that these are really low cost. Like you can run these ads for like a dollar a day, $2 a day. So you can get in front of thousands of people very cost effectively. And then that's where we have our retargeting coming in. People who have watched three seconds of that video, people Mm -hmm. who have engaged with your Facebook page, and that'll bring in everyone who's engaged with that post and your page in total, bring them into like these 30-day audiences where you can use Another campaign objective, which I call the reach campaign. So I've mentioned conversion campaigns, traffic campaigns, engagement campaigns, video campaigns, and reach campaigns. They're all there for you to use. Again, reach campaigns, super cheap, effective. But the beauty with these ones is you can set them to have a frequency. So if someone's come in, they've watched three seconds of your video, you've got 2,000 people in that audience. Let's retarget them with a reach campaign. And this ad... Um, you'll have in an ad set and you say, show this to people once every five days. Mm-hmm. So that way it prevents them from seeing the same ad over and over again and getting banner blindness, but it just keeps popping up and you're just popping up in their newsfeed and they see these content pieces from you so that you can, it's what I'm also called an invisible funnel, right? Yeah. You're taking along this customer journey that's showing them that you're the one that can help them with whatever it is, that specialty that you have. Got it. Just out of curiosity, you were talking about, I think it was the video campaigns and the reach campaigns being very inexpensive. Do you know why they're less expensive than other types of campaigns? And the inner economist in me is just fascinated by this kind of thing. Yeah. So engagement campaigns, video campaigns, and reach campaigns, 
Oh, mm-hmm. all very low CPM. Like I said, conversion campaign could be $30, $50 CPM to reach a thousand people. These other campaigns might just be $6 because everyone's over here. They want the ones who are going to convert and want instant results. So over here, it's an audience building strategy. It's a scaling strategy where you're getting out to these people who are not so likely to convert straight away. They're likely to engage. Yeah. They're likely to watch a video. But they're still interested in what this solution that you may have. So they need to be taken along that customer journey like we've been talking about to be educated. And, you know, like people all have their TV ads and their radio ads. They're out there helping educate people, bringing an awareness about their product or for a service. But then they can't retarget that audience, which is what we can do here on Facebook. So, yes, it's less competitive. You will get people that will still opt in. If you've got like a yeah. link on there, people can still opt in. But if they do, that's a bonus. What we're doing is we're playing the long yeah. game. So you can have a complete strategy of this for, you know, it's a $10 a day strategy where you bring people in and then you're retargeting them for $10 a day. So that's $300 a month. So I've spoken to people who went $300 a month and their jaw dropped. And it's like, well, what's a new customer worth to you is $300 yeah. a month, you know, how much would you be paying for radio or TV or, yeah. you know, something in the newspaper? Does anyone read that anymore? But yeah. And out of curiosity, what happens to your ad rates when you go to retargeting? Do they tend to jump up? Do they tend to stay low? Kind of what's typical? Yeah. Again, this is so where we would incorporate reach campaigns, etc. You typically have like a smaller audience size, obviously. You're not going out to 20 million people. You're going out to a few thousand people. So it depends. If you were retargeting again with a conversion campaign, then yes, you could see some really high CPMs there. Like I've seen $150 CPMs, et cetera, or it could still be low. But our reach campaigns, again, typically very cost effective and you can just have those running for a dollar or $2 a day, depending on Mm -hmm. your audience size. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Okay. So we've all had an inadvertent crash course on effective Facebook marketing. (laughs) A fire hose to your face, really. Yes. Just speaking for myself, I'll dabble in a couple of things, not really know what I'm doing, not get any results and saying, "Ah, I just don't want to deal with this. But on the other hand, it's like what I keep thinking is, okay, when you figure it out, when you have it tested, then that means you can essentially, I think of it like like my hose spigot, right? If I need a lot of water for the lawn, I just turn it up. If I need less water for the lawn, you just turn it down because the problem a lot of businesses run into is you run a promotion. Usually you'll get more leads than you can handle. So there'll be a bunch of people who fall through the cracks and then, you know, you'll be busy for a little while and then the new business will dry up. And so you run another promotion, the whole thing, the whole thing cycles all over again. Ideally, what you want to do is you want to be able to figure out, okay, how can you get a reliable amount of leads in who can convert at a predictable rate? so that you can avoid having these big peaks and valleys in your business. Yeah. And this is what, like we were talking about, the engagement campaign and the video campaign, putting that $300 a Mm -hmm. month into your business. It's like if you are doing any sort of social media posts, just organic posts, and you're spending time and effort getting these posts up and loaded, and then nobody sees them. They're the perfect kind of content pieces that you can amplify with your ads so that you're bringing this audience in, bringing in this cold audience, continuing to get eyeballs on your stuff. And then these content pieces that you worked so hard to create, put 300, you know, $300 a month behind them so people actually see them 
and you're building up this beautiful sort of warm audience that, like you say, when it is time to promote or even not, they're seeing you for a while and then it's like, okay, if you have security screens, yeah, people are not always thinking, I need to get security screens or maybe they are and it's just on their radar, they'll get it sorted and done one day. Then they get robbed, right? And you know yep. what is the first thing other than calling the insurance and the police? They're calling to get security screens now, right? So yep. if you have been popping up in their newsfeed, they're going, it's those guys, I've got to call them now, right? You've got that sale. You've been positioning yourself as the one that can help them. So yeah, investing into that is such a smart, long play strategy. Yeah, precisely. All right. Well, Jody, really, really appreciate your uh, your time today. Let us know where everybody can learn more. Give out your website and uh, let us know what social networks you're. I'm going to assume you're on Facebook, but if there's anywhere else that you tend to frequent. Yeah. So you can just find me over at jodymillwood.com. Yes, mm-hmm. of course, I'm on Facebook. There's a few profiles there, Jody Millwood. And then Jody Millwood, the ad coach, is my business page. Um, Of course, also over on Instagram. Good deal. Yeah. And there was one last thought that I wanted to leave everybody with because you were talking about how some people will kind of like, will get jittery at $300 a month. And my first thought when you said that was, I was like, well, if you talk to an agency, they're probably going to charge you at least three thousand dollars a month and that's mm-hmm. before they've run any ads that's just yes, to do right. the creative ad cost is going to be on top of that and yep. so before getting too concerned about the cost ten dollars a day to run ads consider that if you're trying to go through an agency it's going to cost you 10 times that just to get in the door and then your ads will be on top of that so again uh, neither here nor there but <laughs> just something i wanted to mention before we finish Exactly. Right. It's like business owners need to roll up their sleeves at some point and learn how to do their ads. And then they get to a point where it's like, yeah, let's hire someone to do this for us. Yes, exactly. All right, Jody, really, really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the People First Leaders podcast. If you are a successful People First founder or CEO who would like to be on this show, please visit peoplefirstleaders.net forward slash guest. If this interview resonated, would you please share it on social media? Just take a quick screenshot on your phone and post it on your favorite social channel. Then make sure to tag me at Doug Value so I can give you and your business a shout out on a future episode. If you know somebody who'd be a great guest, please tag them on social and include the hashtag peoplefirstleaders. I really love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're releasing new content and episodes all the time, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me personally. And also, I would like to connect with you on social. My handle is at Doug Value, or you can just go to peoplefirstleaders.net where all of the links are posted. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.